Thank you for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. As host, I've had the privilege of meeting a number of fascinating people that have shared their stories in the pre-COVID, COVID, and more recently in the early post-COVID months. Out of 186 podcasts to date, none stand out more than my chats with James McCare from the Calgary Food Bank, episode 82, and Laurie McRitchie from Airdrie Food Bank, episode 178. The Food Bank relies upon the support from the local community, and as many know, this support was very prominent during the COVID lockdown period. Now that businesses and activities have opened up across the globe, including children returning to school, it can be very easy to forget about those in real need of food donation. Take the time to donate to the food bank, whether it is at your local grocery store, such as the hampers placed by the cashier at Sobeys, or at the physical locations of both Calgary and Airdrie food banks, or online at the Canada Food Bank's website, www.foodbankscanada.ca. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day and stay safe. Good afternoon. Is that Phil? It is. How are you doing, Alan? Terrific. Welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. Awesome. Thanks very much for having me. You're my pleasure. Phil, I want to make sure I get first two things right, because your last name is it, and also the name of Tezer or Taser. I want to make sure I get that right. So it's uh, Ali is my last name, just like uh, uh, back alley. And, <laughs> yeah, with, uh, yeah, without the Y. I just want to make sure yeah. it wasn't, okay. Yeah, and then, and then Tess, it's Tesser. Tesser, not Taser, okay, because there's an E, two E's, so yeah. Okay, well, yeah. good. Well, Phil, this is episode number 201. You missed 200 by one, uh, the, literally last week, but uh, good. A new, this is a new era in my podcast, the next level of, uh, of podcast. But look, let's, let's focus on your team, Tesser, and uh, what got you guys started. Because what, what, I know you had a different background before this. Yes, yeah, so we we got started right at the beginning of the pandemic, really when it hit um, hit North America and kind of right. became a reality here in Calgary, or and across Canada. So um, I'm also the the president and currently running Reagan Industries here in Calgary, right. and right. it's a metal manufacturing company. It's been in my family for uh, 30 years now. So taken after my father uh, after he uh, he's retired, and uh, when then when it came when COVID-19 hit we we were worried I was watching uh Ontario they were it seemed like a few days ahead of us and they were shutting down the construction sites which is the majority of our work I want to say 90 percent of our metal manufacturing is tied directly to construction contracts and I was also watching um just the impending kind of worry of of would it get like it was in Italy for us and what would it be like for the nurses and the frontline healthcare workers and everything like that. And we really just wanted to make something that, that we felt we could manufacture through the pandemic and, and could make a difference for the pandemic. So we started, I want to say like on March 23rd. Right. And in, in under two months later, we, we had a fully working uh, prototype and, and had actually already tested it on the COVID-19 virus um, with uh, with the University of Alberta, um, they had isolated the virus up there, and we were yeah. able to pull them in as an early partner and and everything like that. So it's it incredible was, uh, because I mean you're you're fabricating metal in the the Reagan work, yeah. and how did that lead? Because I, I and I'm going I'm going to I'm going to come come back to your point, or you can get back to that. But I want to go to what I saw on your website was those door hands free door openers. 
was that one of your first endeavors to sort of contribute or pivot? That was truthfully, uh, it kind of ties in more with, with, I know we had talked about maybe looking at a conversation about what have we done um, to try and, and run a business throughout the pandemic. So that, that actually came, came later and it just came from how are we keeping our employees safe right um so we're a manufacturing facility we can't shut down um pe- people can't manufacture from home and can't take everything <laughs> home so it's uh they don't have the machine tools and all that yeah so you know we we did lots of custom build stuff here while we were trying to work through okay how long are we going to stay open for and, yeah. and everything like that and it involved you know door uh foot or openers and all of our doors uh, hand wash sinks that are f- full foot pump operated. So you don't have to touch right, at every one right. of our entrances and uh, sanitization stations beside all of our shared equipment tools, things like that. Right. Um, so the, the UVC chamber actually came first, I think. Um, well, because you were looking internally, you were kind of looking internally, what can we do to like get our tools safe? Or is that what it was? How do, how do we keep people, people in our, our own facility safe. And yeah. it says, well, you know, we, we build these, so it seems like they'd be available for anybody who needs to keep their doors just anywhere where you can limit contact points, right? You yeah. don't need to open the, open the door with your hand anymore. But um, yeah, that came more as, as purely just uh, how do we, how do we keep working in this office and in this manufacturing facility? Whereas the other one was uh, we went for a little bit bigger aspirations, but, um, stepped outside of our, our comfort zone in terms of uh, we've all, always built like stainless steel components. And we've That's always right. been built in medical or been involved in medical manufacturing. We've done most of the hospitals here in Alberta. We've, we've got at least something in, in our oh, operating okay. rooms or soiled utility rooms, yeah. everything in, in Calgary. We've been a part of every one. So we know how to build for a medical application well for uh, easy sanitization and using stainless steel, which is an yeah. application that Alberta Health Services and and everybody loves across the hospitals. Well, that's so we decided. So, no, I want because I want to I want to drill on that because I used to work a long time ago for you know part of the um, the Fanning Center, you know Vernon Fanning Center, and literally everything was stainless steel counters, wash sinks. Is this so? This is a trend. I didn't even think of that until you said it right there and. You're Alberta Healthcare, so you were kind of building it to their specs uh, over time. With the yeah, Reagan. so for for years we've done uh, we've done stainless steel pieces. Whether yeah. that's it can be crash rail, it can be the countertops, yeah. we've done pass throughs, and it's it's a highly sought after thing in the healthcare industry because of its uh, easy sanitization properties. Wow. Um, so it, it kind of became the base material that we wanted to make the unit out of. Right. And then what we wanted to do was actually bring a sanitizing function into, into that so that we could sanitize or sterilize. Um, really our, our goal was any, any objects. And that kind of continues to be what I see Tesser is, is, is any, anywhere that you need help finding yep. a way to control the uncontrollable of where a virus or a pathogen is. That's kind of what we want to get into. So you guys were thinking, you said internally, but I, you probably, because you're, you're linked to the Alberta health system and the medical facilities, that was it out there already when you, like, let's say, Phil, we can do this. I mean, I think your, your team, we can do this for us, but what about the hospitals? Or was that, was it that natural extension? Yeah, it was for, for our actual number one product was focused outside of, outside of ours. It was, 
you know, back in March for, with the UVC sterilizer device that we have, it was definitely what can we get on the front lines for the hospital yeah. to make the biggest difference? You know, AHS and, and the uh, rest of the Canadian healthcare systems did a great job of handling it yep. uh, to make sure we did never run out of PPE or anything like that. But that was one of our focuses is how do you make sure uh, people are protected, um, whatever's coming through, whether it's on an object, um, it, it's completely COVID free. Yeah. And then the other thing that we knew we could do is we could sterilize the N95 masks um, right. of, of COVID-19. So when there was big concerns and, and there is still big concerns, maybe not in Canada right now, but the rest of the world, sure. there's still countries that have a hard time getting a hold of those N95s and paying the bills for them too. You know, when you're talking five bucks a mask and you need to keep throwing them out, it, uh, it's a, a hefty bill that adds up very quickly. So that, I mean, that's the, that's the Cadillac version. The N- N95 is the Cadillac, but everywhere you see these cheapy-deepy ones, they're being thrown out in part of the truck. Could those be thrown into your unit, the, the, the COVID unit? Is that what you call yeah, it? There's, there's no problem with putting those, any of those in there. Yeah. Um, they're a little bit harder to test to, to prove the, the 100% efficacy. Right. Um, whereas we we focused on taking it to a medical level. Sure. Where you'd find some difficulty is that we're using light technology. So it's important that you you expose every surface of that mask right. to, to UVC light. Uh, which, what's really nice about the N95s is it, is it has that nice rigid um, aspect to it. <laughs> right. Whereas the, the, you know, the little bit more, um, even the surgical type mask ones that you see, yeah. they've got, uh, they've got more folds and, and not kind of like a cummerbund, the, cum- the cummerbund that you'd wear in a wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's what, exactly. I mean, it literally reminds me of that, but look, listen, cause you, you, you talk about other countries and, and I, I saw on your, I think your website or in your Instagram, you guys were in, your team went out to Ecuador back in July. Yeah. yeah, it was a it was a really interesting thing getting to travel during the pandemic. Right. But, uh, through uh, there was a consulting group that we work with here in Calgary called BDLS International, and their uh, one of their partners is actually based down there. So it wasn't oh, something we were okay. focused on on yet. Yeah. We were just uh, we were just talking about what we were going to do. We wanted sure. to start in Alberta and things like that. And his, those two partners got talking about what he was working with a company here doing Tesser. And he said, well, I think that would be great down here. And, uh, nice. had some conversations with the government about what we were trying to do. And, and we got invited down there. So, um, we're excited here as we, we roll out the product that we're, we're going to take on a bit of a, um, optimistic endeavor of trying to do two, uh, two continents as one, right. uh, doing Canada and Ecuador is our launch in both North America and then uh, South America. So it's uh, some pretty interesting things. And we've been working with uh, some of the foundations down there that are, they're taking money that's been uh, donated, whether it's uh, coming from uh, the Red, through the Red Cross or coming from the other countries. And they're setting up these mobile triage clinics to help the country deal with uh whenever there's massive spikes and their existing hospital infrastructure can't handle it. Right. So they're, they're pretty much COVID triage clinics. So they see them as a really good fit for our units in there so that again, they can keep cleaning instrumentation or N95 masks, whatever they have down there to, to make sure that you're just eliminating the chances of, of spreading that virus between people. Right. Cause I mean, looking at your units, they seem to be quite mobile and I'm, I'm going to use the, you know, the, the bread box size. It's literally like the old fashioned bread box. It's not much bigger than that. Yeah. 
it's uh, definitely. <laughs> it's bigger than a bread box. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure if I, I was around so much when the bread boxes were around, but um, <laughs> I'm a little older. I, yeah. I, I understand that, that the comparison, but it's yeah, kind no, of like I mean, a, not... a really large microwave. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's it's about uh, 24 inch by 24 inch. Um, on the is it heavy? Side. How heavy is it? Is it quite? Uh... It's it's got some weight to it. So we've built some mobile carts because it's uh, it's about 170 pounds. Just okay. with all of the uh, the metal componentry and glass componentry in it, uh, starts right. that up. But you know we've kept that in mind to make sure that it's it's movable around the unit. What's nice is it just it does just plug into a regular outlet, so it's not like you're looking for one of those large oven outlets or what your dryer plugs into. It is just yeah, yeah. straight into a plain outlet, which is nice two, too because Ecuador is runs on the same thing that we do. The one ten, the one ten, yeah. Because yeah. if you go to yeah, if you go to Europe or points, I mean, obviously UK's got a different, even different. They're two twenty. Uh, and then you got because I spent a lot of time over on that side and the eastern the yeah. eastern side, of it, and it's literally coming back to Canada. Yeah, going from two twenty to one ten. But that's something I guess you, the, the electricians can figure that out. Oh, it's it's not hard. We kept our power supplies our power supply external, so yeah. it's really just turning um, bringing in a different power supply so that it can work with it. So it's uh, it's not going to be too much for us to look at uh, any country that's that's looking for some help in this. So. Um, but I love the I love the it's like the Taser Act, the Tesseract. I mean, it's literally like they're going to enact some kind of legislation, and oh, we're, we've already named it the Act. Yeah. That's yeah, and just for the benefit of the listeners, that's the ACT stands for. Uh, it's Advanced Cleaning Technology. Okay, and you've tried you've trademarked that or patented or however you call that. Yes, we have. Okay, so that's pretty cool. But like, let's let's back up because or let's go back now because there was early days when you're kind of internally. Did that keep your staff working because you had this unit, or did you have to, you know, did you have to sort of coordinate with Alberta Healthcare to say you're, you know, what I mean, like because your construction was closing down, yet you were making this unit for your to keep construction going or keep your work going. What was that, that sort of? It, it, that was our our endeavor with it. We felt that we could move very quickly and and yeah. with the, uh, um, you know, with the suddenly rule our. Lines were getting shorter for what it took to get some of the regulations. And that was what we were looking for is, you know, if it ever gets to the Italian levels, I know they were calling in retired doctors and things like that. Yeah. All of a sudden the rules change when you're in a crisis. So we, we just wanted to be ready for that. Um, in the end, you, you know, that's what I was preparing for to try and say, okay, well, we've got something to help and we've got something to keep our guys busy building here. Um, but just with the way that it's played out with uh we kind of got it under control and the summer came around. Uh, we are just waiting for our full 100%, you know, if it had been pre pandemic, the sign offs on that and we're getting right. rolling. So we've just got our, you know, 10 to 20 of our um, production units ready, waiting for, uh, waiting for our approvals and working through uh, where we think it can go work best. What's, you know, worked out well for us as a business, but isn't great, um, you know, for the world. However, what we're trying to do is make a difference there is obviously it's coming in for a good time to make sure that we have all of our certifications ready now sure. because we're facing that second wave. And, you know, from every everything everyone tells us, it looks like we're looking at a tough winter here is all of a sudden people aren't congregating outside, they're congregating inside. And we're we're starting to see those those numbers that are going to maybe bring back lockdowns or things like that. Sure. Well, I mean, you've seen in Europe and then, of course, the U.S. is having record days. So this seems to have. But I mean, scaling this, I mean, you and I look, I'm going to 
ask you this, and I guess you're going to figure that out and start up Calgary, but we can talk about that. But literally scaling, you must, people must be jumping at that bit that, to, to, uh, you know, that, to, to really get in, to get this uh, out there and scale this up across, yeah. not just for, from you, but helping you do that or maybe buying or whatever. I mean, maybe that's something you want to, maybe that's too confidential, but still, I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah, we've, uh, we've set it up um, pretty well with a lot of good contacts with people you know, that's in, in different industries all over. And that includes uh, um, working with the, the Indigenous and the First Nations um, yeah. as, as some of their rural health centers and some of the, the large energy all companies right. that have contacts with them. Um, and one of the, the places we'd, where we'd really like to see it implemented is in the, the seniors' facilities yeah. um, here and across Canada. They've, you know, we've been absolutely rocked in this country about any time it gets in there. Um, same thing with the prisons as it gets in there. Any any population that has a tough time leaving, and yet there's a congregation. I, I think that's the the biggest risk for them. So it's uh, we've got a, we've got a lot of stuff hinging on this Health Canada approval, which uh, we're just waiting on um, with some bated breath. It's uh, you know interesting to see what they've set up for um, for this kind of new technology line for for the COVID nineteen sure. and and sure. how they see it. And uh, we're, we're very confident that we're going to be seeing that next month and really get going. Um, so at the same time, we're building our production facility right now. We've been building, you know, a much smaller, uh, at a smaller rate, um, just kind of sectioned off in one of my other companies' production right. facilities. But this one we're actually setting up. So we've got um, an extra 12,000 square feet just being uh, dedicated to pumping these out. Wow. That's, so, a, that's a big, so that's, that's your existing, or you've, you've taken on extra space? To, to facilitate that we sectioned off one of one of the other companies oh. uh, production buildings so okay um we we building a wall right in between and, and <laughs> sectioning it off just for uh just for this so we're getting ready to be able to pump out you know whether it's it's 50 units a month that, that yeah. that's the demand whether it's 100 or whether it's a thousand units a month um, sure. for what what makes a difference you know we're proudly going to manufacture those here in calgary Nice, but did you, so because this is different, the UVC component is different from what your team's used to. Or had you already had something for other purposes, like the UVC? That it was our first for, first foray into UVC for sure. Um, we had been uh, building pass-throughs for year years for Alberta Health Services, um, okay. but it had no no sanitizing function to them. They have interlocking door chambers uh, to keep um, oh, okay. a, a dirty side and a clean side in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, can be used where they're, they're cleaning things or where there's um, people that are immunally compromised. Uh, they really are careful right. about that in the hospitals. You like what you see in the sure. movies, like a chamber, the, the inner chamber, and you can't, you can't let you in. Yeah. Like literally the serious stuff, like that's real life stuff. So there's, there's a lot of different applications for this. Um, and that's where we saw, you know, even if, let's say COVID-19 had a, had a fizzled out kind of the way, you remember SARS was, was really big. Yep. And yeah, Toronto well, yeah, was, over, was, super, yeah. was super concerned about it. But, yes. you know, I don't think Calgary really barely paid any attention to it because it never even got here. So we were, you know, aware we could, can't just dump, you know, all this money into the research and development into a, into a product that could only work for COVID-19. Right. So we wanted to make sure that it worked for ubiquitous and all, further, yeah. all the viruses and pathogens out there. And yeah. we wanted to make sure that it was... Um, it, it was something that we knew already. So that's where our pass-through version is, where it's double-doored comes from. You know, we've put hundreds of them in, 
uh, Alberta uh, yeah because you're already doing that yeah, so you're kind of aware of that so the uvc you kind of you added it to an existing chamber on a smaller scale that's pretty cool exactly yeah but you know, speaking of SARS, because the, the, the UBC, or the UBC, the British Columbia health minister, she cut her teeth, if we want to use that word, but that was during SARS in Ontario. She was part of the Ontario Health. And so that kind of played well for her, the, the way BC was. And I don't you know, in the early stages, they're, they're kind of having troubles recently. But a quick, pretty- yeah, quick understanding of, of where your um, where your big worries are. It's like if you're if you look at the way South Korea responded to it and the way they get to live their life now in because they they never really had the outbreak but they paid dearly to learn that lesson because of the the MERS outbreak that came one or two years earlier yeah I mean I was living in the Middle East and there was a Middle East uh the virus there was a lot of so being overseas it was more aware and I and I know a lot of my friends in Canada they didn't really didn't really impact in those times the Middle East uh uh, resuscitation i can't remember the name of the, the acronyms but yeah you're, you're hitting on something very important that yeah. a lot of people in canada didn't really hit or didn't weren't weren't quite exposed to it not even exposed but living on a day-to-day so yeah and it's uh it was important to make sure that we we as a company being being uh making sure that we had something that could work in case covid did go away in in two three months like uh like the former president said I guess he's still the current <laughs> president for days, but uh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, but it's it's incredible because this, you know, just this this level, it would seem that uh, this is what people are. This is, seems like almost a, a no brainer for what you're doing, but it's not obvious because people weren't didn't have to deal with, as you said, you had pass through chambers, but it wasn't to you know UV or shoot them with some kind of uh, ultraviolet yeah, they- light. They just had a negative airflow in on it, just so you stay, yeah. you keep the dirty side on the on dirty air on the dirty side. But yeah. lots of times, you know, viruses and pathogens are passed through on on the items too. So, where are we from, you know, making sure that that stuff isn't isn't then going over to somebody who's immunally compromised or anything like that? So. Yeah, because the stainless steel would seem to be a good, it held it, I don't know if that, I don't remember, there was a lot of literature going on during the, the pandemic, March, April, May. But stainless steel was a surface that could easily it would stay on that surface for a while, as I understood. Yeah, there, uh, pretty much on anything hard. I think um, there, there's definitely a different way that the virus lives on the surface. But what's nice about the stainless steel is that it's a surface that it's extremely easily easily cleanable. Yes. So it's why we've actually cho- it's it's our exterior um, material because it's so often used in the hospitals. Yeah. And you can easily wipe down the outside. So, uh, I mean, there's it'd be a really nice way if we can clean the outside at the same time as we can clean the inside. <laughs> but uh, one of the reasons we have it, uh, like a big box, like a chamber to, to keep that light in is because yeah. it is harmful to humans. Like it can cause cancer. It can cause exactly. damage to your eyes, things like that. So to make sure that there's no way for those rays to get out is, is one of the reasons why we've kind of enclosed it in a box. There's some some very suspect uh, items out there with, with UVC wands and things like that. But sure. The, you know, how do you teach a, a user to be able to make sure that they're holding it for the correct time, the correct distance apart, and then right. they're not exposing themselves to that light either. So yeah. that was, that was the way we kind of chose our product uh, path as well. So the, the, going back to your construction roots, and I know your focus is, and it, I, very rightly so, the healthcare rule, health, 
particularly rural health. But the construction I I seen because I spent a lot of time in the Middle East and and, and the, the construction there, the small tools, the spare parts, be handled quite re- regularly. Could this be something that you would see in Alberta or across Canada, in a construction level? In in the construction sites, um, on the manufacturing side is probably the easier spot for it. It's the yeah. the shared tools within a shop. So That's we right. have it. We have it in our back manufacturing facility. Um, for that reason, you know, if any of the guys are sharing tools to be able to clean them in between uh, users easily. Um, and then a nice thing there is uh, is to be able to bring whenever we're bringing in packages to um, just anything thing we're oh, bringing yeah. in from the outside world. So we, we have one at our back door and one at our front door. The FedEx, um, the, just and, a package coming in from FedEx or wherever. Yeah. So anything that's being brought in just gets a quick, quick clean. Um, you know, it's under a minute. And yep. you just know that there isn't anything on there, whether it was a, a flu virus or the coronavirus or anything like that. Sure. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what um, the world kind of switches to in terms of, of how um, aware of viruses and pathogens everybody is now, um, whether it goes right back to where the way it was or. Um, is everybody really still have that heightened awareness? Like I know I, that everybody, you know, the, the increased sanitization, the distance between each other and the mask wearing that everybody is doing, I can see it in my numbers. The amount of sick days is, is absolutely down across my company. Right. Because they're not getting exposed to just common virus, common colds or whatever exactly, that yeah. come up to any time of the year. You know, I'm going, I'm thinking again, back to your point about the rule. When I look at, your, your, the rural medical, you know, the facilities, literally from my time overseas and some of the, you know, real poor countries, I see this has a real play, particularly if they can't get the medical equipment, whether it's in a real small town, they don't have the, you know, the PP, the, they can't get enough N- N95s or whatever it is, some of that face masks. This is real. I, I just see that having a play on the, you talked about a little bit about Ecuador and some of those international organizations, the aisle whatever they're called, you know, NGOs, you know, this is really huge, but you know, that's a big unit to be carrying around. But if you make the easy bake oven version, maybe, you know, that would, they could just carry that to the villages, you know? Yeah. We're looking at that, that smaller version. We're also trying to find a way to decide if there's a way to make it a lot more mobile, can be built like into a truck and and running, running off um, a battery like that. Um, And then, because because we're not using lamps, we're using LED technology. It, it is a lot smaller of a power draw to still be able to reach the right. quick cleaning times. But even you know, if you think about it, it's only 170 pounds. But you think about some, like each one of those beds or th- some of the things that they're running out to uh, some of these uh, let's call them mobile clinics. Yeah. Mobile clinics are are not mobile like you can pack them up in forty five minutes. They're mobile because they've they've brought in trucks and and set them up. Sure, sure. And they're not permanent structures. So I still see a fit there uh, for it for sure. Because you know whether they're they're practicing or things like that, but they don't have all of the sterilization technology that you need. Um, at least for a North American standard level. So trying to find some of these that you can take everything to that ninety nine point nine nine the sterilization yep. um, method that they're looking for. And possibly you could see one, a, a decrease in infections in those rates uh, or in those scenarios. And then on the other side is, is a possible decrease in cost of 
of having to constantly use maybe packaged things that are, that's the only way that they know that it's sterilized is because everything brand new, fresh. Right. New one, the throwaway, one, one time use into the bin, into the, into the wet medical waste bin. Yeah, exactly. This would actually improve some of that, depending on what the items are, of course. But, you yeah. know, even to your point is that, you know, the, living when I was in the Middle East and most of those industrial plants, and it's probably here in Canada as well, they all had an emergency vehicle, which was very expensive, you know, mm-hmm. like a, an ambulance. But it was all that facility, you know, for chemicals and so forth. And that, you know, to your point is, you know, that's not necessarily going to be a sterile unit unless you, you know, you clean it first. And then it's a, that's highly labor intensive. Yeah. So. You're, you, this seems to be there's a, a wild, wide scale use for the Tesser for the Tesseract. I could say, it. put put yeah. an act in place. This is great. Yeah. Well, so you've got a couple of things on the go. You, you. It sounds like you are taking over. You're taking over the Instagram account of Calgary Economic Development. Are you aware of this? Yes. Yeah. That is our. Uh, <laughs> it's our a takeover. Of marketing, marketing. Yeah, that's Brooke, right? Brooke, yeah, she, uh, and she does a really great job, but. Yeah. making sure that we're we're kind of active in in the social media world um that's been something uh definitely much newer for for me as uh, a company kind of built in its old school roots yep. um in in the previous company in reagan industries and yes now taking on the new one where we know visibility and trying to get our product out there is is something um really important for us so brooks brooke came on with us in in may i want to say like within a couple right. months right. uh of, of just even starting the the product thought and just kind of got us rolling working with uh another marketing company here in external marketing company here in calgary and in wj uh william joseph okay um and really just you know getting our website up and running and and trying to see how many podcasts and things like we can reach out to or will reach out to us like yourself and uh you know exciting things like this uh launch well you've already uh, this is well. i don't know how many yeah we'll talk about give you the come back to that in a second but your podcasting i think you how many this is your fourth or fifth but i know for definitely collisions yyc you uh tyler tyler had you on yeah tyler i think we reached out to tyler and he was great he yeah. uh, he got back to us and, and made some room for us and like he's you know same thing he's excited when he when he hears somebody who cares about doing these things in calgary and that's you know, a big part of what I, I'm doing, trying to do with this company too, is trying to find a an innovative solution for a new world problem. Yeah. But trying to keep it uh, Canadian based, Alberta based, and Calgary based. So you know, we chose that in in a lot of our first partners too, and um, in a tech Alberta, the University of Alberta. You know, using Alberta companies, yep. uh, Gold Goldberg Glass has has helped us with the design and and glass supply for these units. Uh, Reagan Industries, obviously, with the metal components, and then U Technology here as a as an LED um, designer and supplier for us as well. So really trying to keep that Alberta spirit together and and trying to find that that entrepreneurialism that we can get out of it as well. Well, you're kind of local. You can see that from your, the, as you said, Alberta Innovates. I'm looking at your website, cheating a little bit, but you've got Governor of Canada, and I think you mentioned McGill, U of A, you know, McGill. And, I, and from what I understand, McGill has been part of the sort of the, I guess, looking at the virus and so of U of A as well, uh, looking at uh, vaccinations and so forth. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I, I, I definitely know U of A is. They yeah. got a big uh, grant program recently. And so we've, we've got to meet um, our under kind of the tutelage of their their head of their bioscience lab yeah. dr david evans and he's been he's been awesome for us on 
what we need to do on other pathogens. You know, it's, it's actually a little interesting, but it's the, the COVID-19 virus is one of the easier things to kill. But if you want to be sanitizing at the same time, you got to make sure that you're, you're hitting everything with the right UVC radiation. Uh, right. Make sure that you've got the right kill rates to, to make sure Health Canada is happy with it as well. That's incredible. So that, that's a learning. I mean, first of all, the UV itself going from a metal, you know, fabricating metals to adding the UV in it. But at the same time, now you've got a third component, the bio component. And you really just, I mean, it's an education for you and your team as well. <laughs> yeah, we, we wouldn't be where we were without uh, some of the institutions that uh, that have helped us along the way. And, you know, and that comes from uh, some grant funding to help get us there sure. through Alberta Innovates too. So, right. um to, to help pay those those bills when it comes to the research and, and doctors that uh, have partnered with us so but that um, that uh, you know that for me that's that's a, a real a, a testimony to the whole process I mean you've collaborating harmonizing efforts as opposed to you trying to do it on your own and bootstrap you know if you boot maybe you could have bootstrapped it maybe not but literally using what's out there and that actually you know that bodes well to to uh, to scaling you know to going to, to helping more communities quicker and, and getting that out there yeah, it. I know that uh, it would take me a few, probably a couple years to get where we are right now That's if it good, wasn't uh, yeah. wasn't for the help. Because you know, even when we run into a problem with uh, within a tech and we're just not sure what we're seeing on some of the results, yep. um, or or vice versa, the kind of the group that we have has been great together. I just ask for you know twenty thirty minutes if I can get uh, get all their minds together. Yep, and. And then they solve the solve the issue on the bio side without me having to really understand fully what they're talking about. Now, you know, I'm looking for the at the end result test, but exactly what the what the answer is of what we need to do is solved by people with, you know, eight ten years of schooling exactly. and, and twenty years of experience in it, not uh, not me who's been reading uh, articles <laughs> on. But, but to your point about getting access, did it change because? Where you get because of Zoom calls versus having to travel up to U of A or Alberta, where, you know, across Canada is literally with the Zoom. Did that help, you know, getting that access? I think it, it definitely having kind of everybody be, have it that norm. Yeah. And so it wasn't all of a sudden, OK, you know what? I'm coming up to Edmonton and we're going to do a meeting yeah, in yeah. a month or, hey, could we get on a phone call? Everybody all of a sudden now knows how to how to do yeah. um computer meetings so that you can see screens you can see people still and everything so it's definitely been great for us especially because um you know two of our laboratories are up in uh, up in edmonton yeah and um you know i've done that trip too many times and, and didn't really want to make it again so well no but that's i mean it's incredible just the, the everything kind of the you know the perfect storm of events the government's focus, uh, the industri- industrial focus, the people, every, literally all that congregated for you. And you, you're just brainstorming in the, back in the, you know, the early March days, brainstorming internally. And then suddenly the, the stars align, if you want to use you know, that, to get those things to work for you. As you said, it would have been two, two three years to do it on your own. And in an ordinary circumstance, you may have done, you may not even done it, but had you, it would have been a lot different, the process getting there. Oh, definitely. And the, the time would have... Uh... Would have been more difficult for sure. I think uh, even just finding the time to put into it, whereas this was kind of like a call to action. Yeah. Hey, this is this is two things. One, we got to do something to to help if if it ever becomes like it did in Italy, and then the other one was 
well, we're not sure where, where our work's going to go and if it's going to all, everything's going to get canceled and, and things like that. So, you know, even to this day, I mean, the, there's a lot of uncertainty in, in all the markets and the construction markets included. Sure. In that. And, you know, we're looking for people to, to be offices and nobody says new flow or any way you want to look at it. We do a lot of, or obviously Reagan, the other company does a lot of construction work in the Calgary airport here. Calgary airports down to 5% of its regular revenue. So where, where's their money coming from to build? That's right. So it's a lot of uncertainty and, and having something that can respond to the pandemic, I still think is going to help, help our, uh, our companies going forward too. You know, it's interesting that you talk about, you know, the, the travels down and, you know, there was a big pop, this morning because I think one of Pfizer announced they, the, the vaccinations at a high responsive rate or, and, or whatever the, whatever the term, the proper term is, but at, at the same time, you got to get the vaccinations out there. So the vaccine's wonderful, but if nobody takes the vaccination, you know, that's, or doesn't get vaccinated, it doesn't matter. So yeah. your part, you're, in, you're like a bridge in between because that, that can give that bridge to give people trust to get back on whatever it is they're doing, you know, get back into the construction field, even, get back you into know, the, when you're you know, looking whatever at it, it is. It, even if every single person had that, I think Pfizer said it was 90% effective. So if, if every single person had it, yeah. there's still going to be 10% of people who are going to be picking this up. So that obviously is going to, to really slow the spread. And, and that's going to be the eventual reason why we see it gone, but that's going to take some time to yeah. one fabricate and make enough of it that everybody can have it. I think they're going to have something like 20 million ready by Christmas. And, uh, 20 million to the world that's not that high of a number um so how are they actually going to manufacture enough how are they going to distribute it and then like you said who not everybody's gonna be the first one rushing to take this too so you know i i have no idea what that timeline still is whether it's six months or it's 18 months um till we actually kind of start feeling like we're kind of back to normal again Well, I heard, you know, speaking of the trust, or I spoke about it, but the, you know, the, the Delta Airlines, I listened to the CEO of Delta Airlines not too long ago, and he said, we are safer than people standing in line at the shopping, you know, in terms of the, the air yeah. quality in on the aircraft. But, but there's the taxi you get into the airport, at the airport, the, when you get off at the airport, the hotel you stay, I mean, it's literally, there's a whole chain, even if the airplane is is clean and even cleaner it's safer than being at this grocery store it's still yeah. there's a lot of it's, other things uh, in between the whole process and anywhere where you're just kind of exposing yourself um to other people in those areas and 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 i think i said it before like our goal is to try and help find ways to control the uncontrollable um whether it's with this product uh, yeah. that we've we've already designed or working with people to to come up with another way because I think what we're also going to see is a big push to make sure that this doesn't happen again, that like uh, that epidemics are stopped at epidemics and don't become pandemics. And uh, one of the things or, yeah. or to prepare for another one a little bit better too. So, you know, one of the things uh, I watched a few documentaries on the U S uh, response to it and their, their big issue was their stockpiles were depleted. Yeah. So is it PPE, the PPEs? Your focus is the right spot on because if you, you nip that in the bud, you don't have to worry about buying the supply chain. You, you have it, exactly. you reuse it, you recycle it. 
And yeah, so if we can focus on, on being able have. to reuse yeah. an N95 mask, whether it's 40 times, 50 times, or, uh, you know, until it's really yep. time to throw it out, but you want to make sure you're not transferring COVID or whatever the That's next right. pandemic virus is before. And again, I'm hoping there isn't another pandemic because uh, I still want to go back out in the world too. But uh, making sure that maybe they don't need to stockpile as many of those N95 masks because they look to different technologies for reusing those masks, which again is going to be better for the world and and the countries are going to be better prepared for um, for those uses usages as well. Sure. So let's go one last one last thing because I, I cut you off in the startup Calgary. So there's a launch party. I've I've seen it out there. I know there's a couple of other my podcast guests have been are in there. What is what? What's that like? It's a. I mean, you applied and yeah, so you got we were, accepted. What, we're what's going to happen? I think now? we got chosen. Uh, I think there was about ninety or something companies who applied uh, from Calgary as new startups, and we were chosen as a top fifteen yep. comp- top fifteen startup, um, which you know we're very honored and appreciative of that. And it seems to be put on by a group. I really should have read up a little bit better about this. Who's I know some of them that are involved. Um, <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've started laughing, yeah. but that's part of Calgary Academic Development. So you're good. You're 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 going to take it over their live live tech love life handle. It's actually a little interesting. Startup I know that's great. So one of the prizes of winning the startup Calgary thing is taking it over, um, getting a week takeover. Yet Brooke again had done a great job. She had already you already got Calgary it. Economic to uh, to let us take yeah. that over on and kind of show what we were doing here. So. I know it's uh, they're involved. Platform Calgary, um, Calgary Economic Valhalla Angels, which is like um, an uh, angel investment oh, company yeah, here. Yeah. I think they've donated a ton of their time because they ran all the companies through how how angel investing and seed investing, or you know, if you're ready for capital raises, works. So yeah, really interesting. A ton of free education that yeah. they were able to give all these companies to further develop kind nice. of innovative. Um, impressive new technologies. Yeah, because you think of your own background, right? You just you you fought thirty years in the family. You, you bootstrapped it. You just kind of you know the ups and downs of the cycles in construction, and you probably didn't have to use VCs yeah. or you, you know it's internally funded or whatever. But if right? it or ever found banks if it really and things catches like that, on and so it's a new world. That, that you know that hot t- ticket item that works well in the pandemic, and you see you want to take advantage of it. You yeah, know, you can't just go to a bank and say. Oh, I think if you give me this money, that these orders are going to, um, you know, go up by a hundred times because we're going to touch these other markets. They're going to want to see collateral, and and I don't. No, you, you know, can't. We're on month, yeah, month they won't understand it. They won't understand. So I don't it. have. I don't have three years pro, uh, financials yep. right now to be able to work that on. So it'll nope. probably be a venture capital uh, funding raise, and you know, getting that free information and that free education that. Um, that Calgary Economic Development nice. uh, participated Val, uh, Val Hella Angels. Yep. I think they, they brought in BDC for uh, some of the courses as well. And so um, oh, we were yeah. able to get a, yeah. a ton of knowledge from it in, in something that I had never looked at because I've always been a 100% uh, family-owned company. And, you know, to this day, That's still right. that That's same, right. same uh, ownership, but looking, okay, you know, if we really want to take this into a much new echelon of a company, you got to be able to to realize you got to bring on investors too. I mean, sure. You, you, I mean, you can look at a number of things. If you take the, you know, the licensing or franchising arrangements out of a McDonald's, go to McDonald's, go to Ray Kroc, you know, all he did was he just, 
he got it from the yeah. McDonald's. He was the McDonald family, and he just caught. He didn't copy it, but he wanted. He did, and brought it to I think Chicago or somebody. But literally, there's many options. You don't need to have your company. You could probably you know take the tax side of it, and you know I put my accountant hat on, where you kind of you create up a special purpose vehicle or a joint venture or a new unit or and you you know whatever. Right? Instead of getting, you know, just go quickly because if the the more complicated you get. Um, the, the structure, the more complicated, the, you know, to get I to actually, scale, it'd be it was more one difficult of the very scale, first so, things yeah. that I decided on uh, was I think we came up with the idea to do something on the 23rd. And we came up with the idea of what we were going to build on the 30th, and I incorporated a new company on the 31st. Yeah, I, I, I separated okay, so you, them out because it yeah. was uh, it was important to me to make sure that uh, the two companies could stand on their own. You recognize that, and it's a whole lot, a whole lot easier Perfect. to do. Well, like, so, so what... than post revenue. <laughs> no, you're right. Because then, yeah, then you get into other tax issues or whatever that to ring fence it and things like that. So, look, the, the final, the the 15 finalists, you there's going to choose one winner, and and what does that winner go on a road? It's two finalists. There, alumni pick one, and and the investors advisors groups uh, pick oh, the okay. other. Um, so yeah. I think they both get a week to take over. Um, I think they're pretty much mirrored prizes, but uh, so two two winners. Um, you get, okay. uh, you know, a full hour presentation to a group of uh, angel investors who would be interested in investing VC. Um, yeah. in your in your company. Um, there's some additional marketing programs that they they sign you up to for free. So a lot of what what it is is uh, exposure, access um, to people who might be interested in in mentoring you along, as well as giving you capital to grow a company if you've got an interesting idea. Um, and then education, education that will cost you usually, you know, anywhere from a thousand to like $10,000 worth of, of these classes to be able to, to make you a better entrepreneur so that you don't get taken advantage of, um, in, in the capital sure. venture capital type world where, uh, you know, if you want to be, be the CEO of your company, or do you want to be, uh, kind of the backseat founder, you know, make those choices early. Um, so that you can go after the right type of uh, VC funds as well. Well, I mean, that's another, I guess that's another issue. Brooke, Brooke can work on getting you on the Shark Tank or with Mark Cuban or something like that. Yeah, that'll be yeah, <laughs> we'll, uh, if we're the not fun having side the traction that we want to see in the next three months. I think that's <laughs> where we'll turn to the Dragon's Den or Shark Tank. But uh... <laughs> well, you had John Evans. He was a guest of the podcast episode back in the early COVID days. And the franchise, he's got the front line, Everline, the painting. And literally, he's been on, okay. I think he's been on the Dragon's Den a couple of times. So, and I, and I, I jokingly said, you're going to move because it was a U.S., some U.S. funding and painting, some paint thing. And I said, you're going to move from the, the, the Dragon's Den to the Shark's Tank. Or, you know, like literally, I don't know which, you know, that it's just a scale, I guess, you're, if you're at that level. But look, so what's next, of, you know, Phil, you're, you've got you've got this uh, the startup Calgary is that, and you're you've got you're waiting for government approval. Is there anything else? Or that's kind of we've your got a holding, we've got a small holding pattern. pattern on um, on that side. We're we're excited. We have signed uh, an an agreement with uh, with the company to bring our technology into their existing product. Um, that's kind of it's still under NDA. Oh, okay. It won't come out until uh, yeah. I think maybe in March is when they're going to do their announcement and it's down in the States. So we've got an exciting uh, opportunity there, okay. which kind of leads us to a bit of our, our like other business line that we want to do. 
So, and it comes right from the original company as we do a lot of custom metal manufacturing and, and custom work in the construction industry. So we right. feel we've got a real talent pool of being able to think outside the box. What's your problem? What, uh, what type of item or touch point, what are you worried about that you need, you need to be cleaning to help yeah. stop the spread of, of this. And, and it's a difficult thing. Maybe you're spending way too much money on sanitizer putting into it maybe you're spending way too much money because it's time like extremely um a drain on resources for your company to constantly be cleaning this these things so we want to partner with 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 large companies who who actually could um yeah work with us on creating a product that solves a problem for them so there's a little bit of a a new business line we're working on on that side the custom um, manufacturing Good. solutions, which we'll have our first big deal kind of announced on that once uh, once everything's signed off and, and ready to roll out down in the states. So excited about that! I like I like how you said that. You know, we got you're thinking in terms of thinking outside the box or inside the box. In this case, the you know your square box. But this literally, this is. Uh, I mean, that's it, it, it. It's touched on or struck a new, I guess, a new chapter in the in the life of you know, Reagan and, yeah, and your family. It's, it's great. A lot of fun, and it's it's a really interesting um, thing to be able to to look at the difference between. Uh, you know, I took this company over from my father, and and I would never um, trade that in the world. Everything that I got to do to learn from him, um, be able to mentor from him, and right. and everything. You know, but at the same yeah. time, I still get that um, opportunity now to build something from the ground up. Uh, Can we get a yeah, shout out Dave to Alley, your dad with his uh, name? He's definitely, uh, in my mind, he's, he's one okay. of the most impressive human beings that I've, I've had the uh, privilege of, of growing up and, and learning from. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Phil, thank you for so much for taking the time today. And it's been, I know like you guys got a lot on your plate and uh, you've really, I mean, look, this has been fantastic. And thanks for, to Brooke oh, and, I really and appreciate for it. making this happen. Uh, thanks for having us on, Alan. And, and I'm looking forward to meeting you in person one day too. Sure. And I bounced some of these ideas. I mean, the venture capital space, I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm an expert. I've just been looking at it for the last three years. And one thing I do know is the, the, from look, looking in the healthcare uh, bioscience, bio, there's a lot of funding in that space. And so it's, it's, I don't say this with maliciously because I've been working, I was working with the, you know, AI Valley out of Toronto, you know, and as our, she had started the company to look at medical image or still images of, uh, you know, in the, mm. in, of cancer cells using artificial intelligence. Now COVID hit and it went to reverse for her. But they, she's done a little bit of pivot. But, I, you know, my, my point is being the VC space and the biotech, very vertical. There's funding for some weird vertical verticals, like really weird. And then it's like, wow, people are getting good money. And I'm, you know, and, and I'm just saying this for your perspective. Don't, you know, like I, you know this, this is something that says, uh, you know, there's Alberta's, I guess Calgary's got a good, you know, healthcare facility or med tech, you know, in Alberta and, and uh, U of A and, and U of C. But there's yeah. a lot of across the globe, so we can chat offline. I mean, because I, I say this, where it's just it's, it's incredible the funding in this space, and it really picked up because of COVID. Not not just directly to COVID, but I think there's a yeah, lot more attention uh, in, that, in that space. We're excited to be a part of it, and, and would love to talk to you again offline about it too. Yeah, Phil, 
all the best and stay safe and we'll we'll you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll catch a surface that's clean awesome. and we'll have a beer <laughs> thanks, on that surface. Thanks very much, Alan. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. You have a good day.